Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ben Early Morning Show. I'm Austin Bechtel with you. I can't say that I know too much about the ultimate process of how the Women's World Cup plays out and ties and why ties are so honestly acceptable in this sport where if any happen in the NFL, it is frowned upon and everybody absolutely can't stand it and want to see anything else other than a tie, especially on the record and tiebreakers and playoff seating and what might come from it. But the United States women's national team is moving on to the round of 16 as well as the Netherlands. The Netherlands with seven points, the USA with five points. U.S. women's national team has dominated this tournament in previous years. And if you stayed up for it, if you got up for it, you could say you're rewarded. I guess you didn't see a goal. You didn't see much action. It's always good to see something happen. And that's kind of my gripe with soccer. A zero to zero game, you can still move on. And just the fact that there's no true end result to it other than a draw and nothing really happening and is a key component as to why... Some people think soccer is boring, but that's not here nor there, as it is the MLB trading deadline today. 6 p.m., when the final bell will ring on August 1st. It previously has been July 31st, August 1st, August 2nd. My favorite is when there used to be the August 31st waiver deadline. That was when a deal happened when Justin Verlander went from the Detroit Tigers to the Houston Astros, helped the Astros Eventually won a World Series, and now Verlander is back on the market again with the New York Mets and potentially could be going back to Houston because of his relationship with ownership and everybody involved in Houston as the Astros are knocking on the door of being the being in first place in the American League West. Kind of hard to believe that the Astros were in the National League Central at one point with the Pirates, but that's not here nor there, because what will the Pirates do? There's really not much that I think they're going to do. Rich Hill is going to be traded. I think that's just pretty cut and dry, black and white right now, that that is going to happen. Hill will be on the move. Austin Hedges, if you can get anything for him, will be on the move. It might be international bonus money. It might be a lottery-type pick in terms of an A-ball prospect that's 18 years old, something like you got for Carlos Santana. But 
If you consider Carlos Santana's value and Rich Hill's value and Austin Hedges' value, Austin Hedges is clearly last. And if that's what you get for Carlos Santana, the hell could you possibly get for Austin Hedges? G-Man Choi has played around 20-some games, six home runs, has driven in some runs. Batting average isn't very high, but has looked like one of the best offensive contributors for the Pirates in the last two weeks. Could you potentially get something for him? We know the first base market is not too great after what you got for Santana. An 18-year-old shortstop, Johnny Severino, 21st in terms of international players in the international signing period that were ranked by MLB Pipeline prior to last year's international signing period in 2022. So the Pirates believe that they could potentially have another lottery ticket like they got in O'Neill Cruz when they traded Tony Watson to the LA Dodgers and acquired Cruz. And what seems like years ago, 2017, I believe, for the Pirates to be able to make somewhat of a deal like that. Connor Joe could be a possibility. Are you going to get anything for Connor Joe? Pirates didn't really give anything up to get him. And he hasn't hit anything since the end of April, the beginning of May. It's been a struggle for Connor Joe. He's had his moments. He's still a good player. He's a good bench bat. Didn't look too good at first base on Sunday. But the two top names are Mitch Keller and David Bednar. And Bednar has been rumored potentially the Arizona Diamondbacks, but the Diamondbacks traded for Paul Seawald from Seattle. So, you really wonder if anybody will pony up to what the Pirates are offering for those two players. Bednar signed for the next few years. Keller signed for the next few years. Both guys are under lock and key for the Pirates organization. The Pirates control their rights, 24, 25, and Keller's a free agent, Bednar through 26. But according to a report in DodgerBlue.com, the Dodgers' trade focus may be on Mitch Keller rather than Justin Verlander. According to Matthew Moreno in an article that came out just, frankly, hours ago, the Dodgers addressed their starting pitching rotation last week. They acquired Lance Lynn as well as Joe Kelly in the bullpen from the Chicago White Sox as the White Sox continue their fire sale and trading everybody. But the Dodgers are still interested in top starting pitchers, including Justin Verlander of the Mets and Mitch Keller. Now, Keller and Verlander are both under contract. Beyond this year, Verlander has another year left on his contract, and that's what the Dodgers want to try to acquire, if anything. So, David Vastage is a host on AM570 in LA. During Dodger talk, he said that there are some who believe that the Dodgers aren't fully invested in their pursuit of Justin Verlander, that the Dodgers and Astros are in conversations for Verlander. It's no secret that the Dodgers had interest in Verlander this past winter and that they did not want to go as far as the Mets did to basically guarantee him three years, so Verlander two more years. But he doesn't believe that it's changed for the Dodgers and it would have to be a similar situation with the Mets and the Rangers worked out when the Mets basically are paying Max Scherzer to pitch for the Texas Rangers. But one thing that really stood out in this is that the possibility of the Dodgers being more inclined to complete a trade with Mitch Keller in the Pirates because Mitch Keller rejected a contract extension offer 
Quote, there's been quite a bit of buzz in the last 24 hours as far as the information that I've gathered that the Dodgers and Pirates are still in conversations for all-star right-hander Mitch Keller. And this is where it gets juicy. And I'm not sure if this is public information or not, but I was told today by somebody in Pittsburgh that the Pirates low-balled an extension to Mitch Keller and he turned it down. This is from... David Vassage during Dodger talk on AM 570 in LA, LA Sports Talk Radio, regarding the possibility of a trade between the Pirates and the Dodgers for Mitch Keller. Quote, so the Pirates are basically saying, okay, he's not going to take the Aussie Albies and Ronald Acuna Jr. discount to stay with us, and now they're looking to move him. How much do we really believe this? How much did anybody take this with a grain of salt, or really think that this is something that the Pirates are actually willing to consider, or that this is actually not a falsity and this is real-life truth, and that Mitch Keller did turn down a low-ball offer, which, let's be real here, when the Pirates signed Key Brian Hayes, when the Pirates signed Brian Reynolds, the original offer to Brian Reynolds was for around $70 million. Brian Reynolds wanted around $130 million. They came together at 107 Mitch Keller's 27 He's not a free agent until after 2025. He has had his best season to date, where he's really started to fall off a little bit, but was pretty strong on Friday for the Pirates in what ended up being a 2-1 to loss. A couple of reasons why that ended up being the case, including Andrew McCutcheon not being sent home when the ball, when he was rounding third and the ball where Nick Castellanos had it and is not a great right fielder, was basically at the wall and McCutcheon could have walked to him and probably scored. Keller's 9-7 this year, 397 ERA as one of the two Pirates representatives in the All-Star game, 382 FIP, 121 whip, 22 starts. I just don't know where this is even coming from. Part of negotiating in baseball, part of negotiating in all of sports, especially for a team, is that you are going to do your hardest, your damnedest to try to get everybody that you can't sign for the lowest possible price. Now, as well for Mitch Keller, when extension talks were brought up originally, there was a lot of focus on Mitch Keller looks fantastic. This is the best season that he's had by a long shot, and it still is. But Keller was throwing a complete game shutout at that point, at home, at PNC Park. And the Pirates were in the midst of one of their most successful stretches in years, since 2018, the last time that this team was over 500, and that was only by a couple of games. So what you're practically saying here is that as... Mitch Keller continued to go on with his season. Extension talks were going well. There were discussions, and Keller seemed optimistic. The Pirates, by all reports, Jason Mackey, our Pirates insider, has said that things are optimistic that a deal could potentially get done. It doesn't have to be at this point. It can be in the offseason. It can be whenever. It does not have to be in the middle of the season. Those deals are obviously a lot more difficult to be able to get done mid-season than a lot of other deals. But for the Pirates to, for this report to come out, quote, I was told today by somebody in Pittsburgh, this being yesterday, 
that the Pirates lowballed an extension to Mitch Keller and he turned it down. So the Pirates are basically saying, okay, he's not going to take the Ozzie Albies and Ron Acuna discount to stay with us. And practically the deals that Ozzie Albies and Ronald Acuna signed were ridiculous. Whoever's agent they had, they should be fired. I mean, Ronald Acuna, who's going to win the National League MVP award, is getting paid pennies on the dollar. Ozzie Albies' deal is in a similar light, but the way that Acuna has continued to play, he has way outperformed that contract. And it's not something like, hard to compare sports here, but how Patrick Mahomes has way outperformed his contract and potentially the Chiefs deciding to, okay, throw more money at him as he's the seventh highest played quarterback in the NFL. That's just not the case in Major League Baseball where that happens in these long-term contracts. Now they're looking to move him. Do you buy this? I frankly do not. And a big reason why is the verbiage and everything that we've heard based on the camps from Ben Charrington, not so much Derek Shelton. He still seems kind of content focusing in on the moment with this team still way under 500 and trying to scalvage as much as they can. It just doesn't seem right that if the Pirates believe that they can contend in 2024, I don't know if believe is the best word to use that seems like a very strong word, if the Pirates think that they can compete in 2024. And also, what does competing mean? Is competing going for a wild card spot? Is competing thinking that you can win the NL Central, which is not that great of a division? The Cincinnati Reds are really starting to come on, but come on. Do we really believe that the Cincinnati Reds who were in the same boat as the Pirates last year, who were, I think, tied with the Pirates at the very end of the year, and the Pirates ended up with the tiebreaker to help get the number one pick and to be able to get into those top three spots to win the MLB draft lottery, that the Cincinnati Reds, who were going to be looked at and potentially scrutinized if they don't do anything today at the MLB trade deadline, have a chance to truly win this division. Now, they are in first place. The division is not very good. It's basically a two-man's race with Milwaukee. The Cubs are at 500 and potentially could make a run at it. Marcus Stroman needs to absolutely step it up after he was very solid at the beginning of the year. Now isn't looking too great. Cody Bellinger has molded back into form. He's not hitting 180 anymore and striking out a million times like he was with the Dodgers. He's actually looking like the MVP type of player that he was for the Dodgers and is doing just incredible for the Cubs. Whose race is this really to win? Whose race is it for next year? The Cardinals have traded off a lot of their pitching. The Cardinals have no pitching. Jordan Montgomery's gone. Jordan Hicks is gone. Jack Flaherty is probably going to be gone. Adam Wainwright is retiring. If you're the St. Louis Cardinals, they traded Johan Oviedo last year to the Pirates in the Jose Quintana deal. Who do you have? Is Nolan Arenado on the table? Could he potentially be traded? The Dodgers were one team rumored to want to acquire Arenado at third base. The future of the Cardinals is not as bright as the future of the Pirates, and that's hard to say because the Cardinals can go out there and just pay everybody, but the Cardinals have so many holes. The Cubs seem okay. Are they going to pay Bellinger? Are they going to pay Stroman? Maybe one of the two. They still have other holes there. I like Christopher Morrell. I like some of the guys that they have, Steele in the rotation. Some of the guys that have been holding down the fort there. But the Cincinnati Reds, in all likelihood, have the best future out of any of these teams. And I'm willing to put my money 
on the Pirates and Reds to be the top two teams in the division. Maybe not so much next year, but definitely in the years to come. Maybe late next year. But I still think the Brewers have a good way of floating around. And if Devin Williams is in the back end of their bullpen and Christian Yelich is having a resurgent season after battling some injuries and inconsistencies, that if he can be what they know he can be and what they're paying him to be, that the Brewers will be there as well as part of the top of the division. But if you're the Pirates and you think that you can actually do this in 2024, and whether that means just being over 500, there is no possible reason you trade Mitch Keller unless you get a King's Ransom back. And with an ERA of four now and a lot of inconsistent play since the All-Star game and even going into the All-Star game where he had a really great start against Arizona, one hit allowed over, I think it was seven innings. He was solid against the Phillies. But he's had a couple clunkers in there where he's given up four or five. And he hasn't been too great. So it's a big question to ask, including will David Bednar be traded? Jason Mackey on the Fan Morning Show said yesterday, quote, what they would need to get in a trade return is not going to come across. So David Bednar is not going to be traded. And he probably won't. The Arizona Diamondbacks were interested in Bednar, as well as the Atlanta Braves, rumored to be interested. Hey, throw the Dodgers in there. They're always interested in everybody that you can throw out there. But it seems like the Pirates are going to hold pack on Keller, on Bednar, on Colin Holderman, and that Rich Hill will go. Whatever you can get for Rich Hill, it might be, what can you get for a 40? three-year-old starting pitcher. It's going to have to be another 18-year-old A-ball prospect. Austin Hedges, international bonus money. If not, you're going to DFA Austin Hedges and somebody will pick him up off waivers. And there's no waiver trade deadline anymore, so it's not like you could potentially get anything out of that. So it's tough if you're the Pirates. But honestly, it's really not. If you truly think that you have a shot and you want to really have Quinn Priester emerge as a top three starter in your rotation. He's two and one despite having an ERA in the eights. If you truly believe that Mitch Keller can be that anchor, not Brian Reynolds anchor down, well maybe Brian Reynolds should be able to weigh up to his $107 million contract. Then you don't trade those guys. Now if the Pirates are out of it at this time next year, then you gotta truly consider it. And you've got to truly consider, because if this is the point next year where they're 10, 12, under 500, you got a lot of thinking to do because things are going absolutely disastrous if that is the case at this time next year. And there's the possibility that firings all the way up to the top are very possible. But that's this year. This is now. The MLB trade deadline is today, 6 p.m., who will stay, who will go. Don't expect Bednar, Keller, Holderman to go anywhere, as well as any of the other Pirates prospects, Pirates top players, as they try to build around with the top prospects and fill in with complimentary pieces, but also have the stabling veterans to try to do something to turn this thing around, man. This needed to be the Baltimore Orioles season of last year, where they were below 500 for a big chunk of the year, surged, Finished over 500 to close 2022. And now the Baltimore Orioles are one of the top picks to come out of the American League. Potentially go to the World Series. And hey, they're probably the best team in the American League. Which is hard to say, but they've earned it.
The Wake Up Show is presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. Apply at 84lumber.com. Coming up next, Steelers training camp is in full force, as well as one school that decided to cut everything a month before going back. Tell you who that is and why. I'm Austin Bechtold, Family Morning Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.